What's up? I'm Sarah the Rebel. And I'm Misfits Tomorrow. And this is Women Wrestling Friends Podcast. Sick edition. Yeah, my body is 40% there. We are all just full of sickness. But normally, (laughs) this is a show about women who are friends who watch wrestling. We do. We watch that wrestling. And this week, we're talking elimination chamber. It's a chamber with elimination. Full of elimination. With special guest, uh, interviewer and host, Alicia Atut. Hello, Alicia. Hi, guys. Hello. Yay. I'm so excited here as we are friends and we watch wrestling. So who better to speak with about wrestling than my friend? Exactly. Awesome. We're so glad to have you here. Um, so before we introduce folks who do not know Alicia to Alicia, we have to say if you're joining us for the first time, we are now passing you a digital collection plate. And we ask that you either give us five stars on iTunes and shout out to those of you who have the reviews on iTunes are adorable. They made me really happy. We heart you. We love you the most. Um, or send us $3 on Kofi.com. K-O-F-I. Yes. <laughs> and it's a wrestling podcast. So we pronounce it Kofi. Yes, it's probably coffee, but it's Kofi.com slash Sarah the Rebel. And thank you. Yeah, please give us money because we're sick. and I need to keep rolling that sweet, sweet there flu. I need to buy more Dayquil. I'm getting dangerously low. Um, Alicia is also sick. What are you? What's your medicine of choice? <laughs> Those are both very good, good choices. But I have been taking some Dayquil and Buckley's. Oh, uh, tastes awesome, but it works. Is, so, <laughs> is Buckley's a Canadian thing, or am I just a ignoramus? I don't know what no, that I is. <laughs> I've mentioned it to a bunch of my American friends, and they have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm assuming it's just a thing for us Canucks. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard. I've seen, because everybody's sick, I've seen people on my Twitter feed being like, Buckley's. And I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it sounds great. So, yes. <laughs> we got to ask TK about that. Yeah, TK is our, our other very close Canadian friend. Um, so, oh, yeah? Yes. And she brings it up to everyone who we ever have had on the on that podcast. It's <laughs> true. And it's that's how she makes friends. It's this super menthol-y medicine, and their whole slogan is, tastes awful, but it works. <laughs> and they couldn't be more correct. It actually works. Truth and advertising. Oh, we're going like to have to get on Amazon and find that. Um, so for anyone unfamiliar with Alicia, she likes Buckley's. And also, she has interviewed tons of awesome wrestlers for different places, including Impact and Blackcraft Wrestling. She's kind of a big deal if you haven't been watching her rise to stardom um, like I have. I'm not being creepy. It's just I couldn't help but notice <laughs> that you were doing your thing. Um, so we want to introduce people to you a little bit. So first question we always ask is, when did you fall in love with wrestling? I fell in love with wrestling when I was about two or three years old. So fairly long ago, I am 23 now. And when I was a little kid, a little young girl, my dad would watch wrestling with tons of his buddies. And my mom would just put me on the couch with them and I would watch along. And I never, ever grew out of that phase. To this day, I still watch wrestling with my dad. Oh, it's so adorable. Um, <laughs> so who is your favorite wrestler? You can do current, you can do all time, you know, what, whatever your fancy is. Of all time, hands down, it would be Jericho, just because good. I remember watching him when I... Did you just say good? Yes, yes. I yeah. like Jericho. We, yeah, Jericho's our favorite. I, I like that you're like, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to shut her out of the podcast. <laughs> Acceptable <laughs> answer. <laughs> you pass. <laughs> um, he just fascinated me growing up, and then I was amazed as... I would kind of develop as a kid and go through different phases. I felt like at the same time, he would always create these brand new gimmicks. And every single time you'd see them, they were a success. And I was just amazed with the fact this guy could try so many different things, be so great at them. And they were so over with the fans, over with me. So um, Jericho would 
probably always be my number one. And there's always that top like three or five that shuffle around, but mm-hmm. he's he's at the top. So funny enough, when I was little, I've mentioned this before, I didn't like Jericho because he had a ponytail on mm. top of his head and it was too small <laughs> Sure. and it really bothered me. So what do you think about current Jericho, um, sad clown dad Jericho? <laughs> I th- oh my gosh, what a way to describe him. I think it's great. He told me how everything kind of came about and why the um, like the black makeup came around and the lips and the eyes. And I think it's cool. I think that he was able to find, as I mentioned before, like yet again, Another thing that clicks with fans, and I don't know if that's because now he's Jericho and he can he could do anything, and fans he just do whatever it up. he wants. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe honestly, I mean, he kind of can just he really can. <laughs> but I think it's cool. I think it's another badass side to him. I like how he isn't just coming out with the list again. You know, not dishing dissing the list. I loved it, but he's always reinventing the wheel. Yeah, the list had its time, even though I do miss the list. I Yeah, sometimes it's people good. say stuff and I'm like, you just, oh, no one gets that reference anymore. No. Wrestling has moved on. Um, do you have a favorite female wrestler? Favorite female wrestler at the moment is Charlotte. Mm. I think she is not only a, such a good performer, but her mic skills, especially as of late, she has really just come into her own um, overall. But of, of all time, would probably be Beth Phoenix. Ooh, yeah. I, I like- thought that she- was so cool growing up yeah all i ever wanted in my life was a beth phoenix natalia tag team where they just wrecked shop but that we couldn't do that at the time <laughs> but maybe. now maybe we could maybe we can. i don't want to get my hopes up wwe Listen, but come on <laughs> beth you still look great you right. look real great in that that rumble right she, she could it. do it she could do yeah. it um so what inspired you to start an interview channel and you could talk about your channel as well a little bit if you'd like Yeah, absolutely. So I do run an interview channel on YouTube. Um, It started off being called A Music Blog Yeah, and then I changed it to Ambi. And then after about, uh, I think it was like four years of doing some music interviews, which I was just kind of thrown into super randomly. Um, But after four years of doing music interviews, I decided to do wrestling. And I've been doing wrestling interviews for two years now, which has led to so many amazing opportunities. Um, And then I transitioned into just simply like Alicia to the interview queen, which was a moniker fans started giving me. Uh So I know, right? It's nice when something like that clever is just bam twitter mm-hmm. and i'm like Ooh. didn't even have to think about it <laughs> nope. i mean and yeah that's what oh, i mean from okay. from watching from the outside going in i saw you know this girl doing interviews i'm like awesome look at her doing something that i tell people to do all the time which is if you want to be a part of something you need to start just start just mm-hmm. start doing something okay. and then seeing you go to the point where you're you're doing stuff on impact and blackcraft that was really awesome to watch oh thank you so much yeah i kind of mentioned how i was just thrown into it and it started in 20 20- I was still in school. I was 16 or 17 years old. Uh, it was so long ago, I don't remember the specific. But, um, I was at a concert with my dad and my sister, and I met the band afterwards. My dad had this like old digital camera, and he's like, hey, why don't you ask the lead singer a couple questions? And I was a nervous wreck. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't want to do this. And then I ended up doing it, and that literally was the beginning, little did I know, of uh, my interview career. <laughs> Yeah, um, I do like, you know, like she's saying, like jumping in and doing all that stuff. So what would be your advice um, for people who are coming into this and want to do interview stuff or doing backstage, uh, you know, segments or being ring announcers? Like what would your advice to start to our our lovely babies, our fledglings? How do you get them to fly? (laughs) The biggest thing is don't be afraid to fail or be embarrassed. I used to be so scared 
of failure. And if I would fail, I'd be like, oh no, I can't do it anymore. And then I'd go down this negative spiral and it's just, it's stupid. (laughs) There's no point to it. Um, It's kind of ridiculous when I think back. If you end up failing at something, just give it your all. If you're really passionate about it, try again. And don't listen to what people say if they put you down, because if you really believe you can do it, that's all that matters. People will really see how genuinely passionate you are and they'll pick up on it. And as far as the embarrassed thing goes, I mean, I used to really want to ring announce, but I'd be too scared to find my voice and do that in front of hundreds of people. And then one day I was given the opportunity for a local federation called Destiny that I work for here in Canada. And he put me into the ring for a Fight TV pay-per-view and I ring announce and it it just, I'm stuttering because I'm like so crazy thinking about it right now, but it was so great for me and people loved it and they said it was just I was a natural at it and I never thought that'd be the reaction so if I wasn't afraid to potentially fail or maybe be embarrassed I would have never seen that light at the end of the tunnel so just go for it seriously just don't worry and go for it that's absolutely great advice do mm-hmm. it you do remember it. those commercials do it. um so which interview that you've done has been your favorite oh my god <laughs> I've hosted thousands that is so difficult um up there would have to be all the elite guys every single time I have them on I just not only do I admire their work ethic so much but they're just so goofy and fun to be around and also Mick Foley I've interviewed him four times now I've opened shows for him and he's he was one of my idols growing up as far as people I loved in wrestling and then he became a friend so that's always surreal for me to think about too that's really awesome. Um, I actually have also spoken with him once or twice through his daughter, um, who is also wonderful and lovely, Noelle. So shout out to Noelle. Um, so have you ever had a bad experience during an interview? There have been times when I started doing music interviews and I'd sit down with a band and they would just be really kind of distant and a mm. bit boring and, you know, not to, not for me to sound off-putting i hope it doesn't come off this way but sometimes people just they don't give their all on the other end right and yeah. they come very nonchalant and then it's our job as the interviewers to make the interviewee interesting mm-hmm. but sometimes sometimes they're just not so i think <laughs> when i when i first started there were a couple of those but i've been really lucky as far as wrestling goes i haven't walked away from one interview where i was like uh, they were kind of dull. Like I've been really lucky in yeah. that uh, respect. So I think I've I've noticed this too with um with bigger celebrities. They do these interviews kind of like because they're told they have to, mm. and it I could definitely see them. You know, sometimes just zoning out or be like, oh, I had to be here. I don't really want to answer these questions. Whereas I think wrestlers, not all wrestlers, but a lot of wrestlers see like this is a chance to swing a narrative about me or to get something out about me to the fans. So I think it makes sense that they would be a little more, you know, because they interact so much with fans as part of their job. And I also think that they don't get outside interview opportunities very often either. So usually anything they do, it's, you know, for, you know, the dot com or for, you know, it's it's all like in universe. So anytime they are able to go on like Good Morning America or Jimmy Fallon or whatever, then they really have to bring your A game. And, and that's why very few people, they yeah, they get excited. And that's why so few yeah. people, they, they let, at least from WWE perspective, so few of them go on because it's like The Miz is good at talking to people. John Cena is good at talking to Like only a handful of people that they trust mm-hmm. to be interesting and not like controversial or whatever. Right, definitely. 
Um, so what is your ultimate goal with your interview channel? I honestly want to be the go-to website that any wrestling or music fan or anyone who just likes watching their favorite people, um, I want to be the place people go to see me someone converse. I just want to be that household name known for my interviewing and my skills, and that's kind of my end goal. And the beautiful thing about my channel is it's led to so many different opportunities and job offers and um, different life choices. And mm. um I didn't even know I had and then as soon as they come to surface I'm like wow I really want this so I don't know if it'll end up six months a year from now with my actual YouTube still being a thing or maybe I'll be with a company I don't know and that's kind of the the beauty of it all Mm -hmm. but I just want to keep moving upwards honing my skills even more meeting cooler people you know how it is the relationships in this industry it's amazing how easy it is to form them with people so yeah, hopefully just more, more positive vibes going forward. Well, we will also send you those positive vibes yeah. and hope you get all of that. Shoot your shot. Thank you. Claim your power. Claim. Uh, speaking of power, I don't know. That I wasn't know. a great segue. Elimination. Shooting your shot. Think of speaking of shooting your shot, the Elimination Chamber. Um, Tomorrow, did you watch the pre-show? Because Lord knows I, I did not. No. No, listen, no. guys, well, guys I, we're tired. Listen, I went and I went to a, a Thai food place and I got some soup. And some garlic pepper beef uh, because of the spiciness. And uh, that's why I missed most of the women's elimination chamber. Uh, so I did. I, I got in there for the elimination chamber match. Now, I didn't have high hopes for this match going in um, because it, anytime you add tags to um, any gimmick match, I'm always like, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Because right. it's going to be a bit of a cluster at some point in the match. <laughs> Um, now, I before I, we start sharing our opinions on this match, I would also like to remind everyone listening, just in case you're new, that like our opinions don't have to be your opinions. Because I did see quite a few people say that somebody who I thought was the weakest link in the chamber did a really great job. Mm-hmm. So I already know that I have some different opinions than other people. But let's dive in. Uh, the teams were Fire Desire. Um, that was Mandy and Sonia. Love them and leave them. They okay, should have had that as their song, <laughs> right? Should've. I don't think they can the, <laughs> clear. That's what they used to do. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> children, if you don't know what we're talking about, please Google Fire I'm and Desire. Blessed. Oh my gosh. It just James, Tina Turner. Get, get lost. I meant Tina Turner. I was like, Tina Turner. <laughs> Tina, Tina Marie. Marie. And I was literally just watching the What's Love Got to Do With It. That's probably, oh, okay. Yeah. That'll do it to yeah. you. Boss and Hug Connection. Ugh. The Iconics. <laughs> Um, yeah I hate their name too gotta be honest and and my boyfriend Tyler Bateman also hates the name so just so everyone knows it's clumsy and I I just I get I get the reference but it's clumsy Alicia what do you think about the name Boss and Hug Connection it makes me cringe yes good okay we're all in agreement we need to write a letter to Bailey and Sasha strongly worded (laughs) forthwith Um, the Riot Squad two members were Mm -hmm. there and then um, did um, Naya and Tamina have a name I don't think so. I heard I somebody just... say like, no. oh, sorry, go no. ahead. No, I was just saying, I, I don't think that they did have one unless I completely missed it. Most of the time they're just referenced by name. Right, exactly. Hmm. Does it bode well for their longevity? I'll tell you that. Um, so <laughs> I felt that the weakest link in this whole match was Mandy. Is that her name? Yes. Mandy Rose. It sounds yeah. weird when I just say one. I'm like, yeah. Mandy, who's Mandy. that? Yeah, <laughs> Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. Um, I will say I loved their gear. Yes. I thought their gear, gear in particular. Yes. I love, 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 love. 
Yes, I will agree to that. Um, but then they they got out there, and I think a lot of the other teams looked like they at least practiced together and mm. worked together, knew how to, the timing of things they should have been doing. But they started off the match with Mandy and Sonia, um, and there was a lot of timing issues on Mandy's part. She's doing a lot of things too early. Nothing looked cohesive and together. And that's kind of what you love about a tag match is you love seeing what they do together. Mm -hmm. Um, So not seeing anything in stereo, not seeing anything in sync was already kind of a problem, but I'm like, okay, she's new. She's just doing her best. But it got real blatant towards the end. I mean, there was a slingshot moment where she was supposed to be in the corner. Mm -hmm. And when Sonya lands, if you watch it again, you could see Sonya look to her right as if to say, what the hell are you doing on the ground next to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was about to say, I completely agree with you. I felt like when you watch take team action, especially when it's on such a big level, like a pay-per-view, especially the Elimination Chamber, um, and they're bringing in this new talent, you think prior they would make sure that they had those spots down and they had those take team moves put together. But the one thing I didn't notice is Throughout that match, I think there were a couple like wardrobe things. Her hair started falling out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. yeah, her oh, lipstick no. was smeared on and her I'm teeth. Not, I'm not saying yeah. like exactly. I'm not bringing this up like me dissing her by any means. Like stuff happens, but I don't know if that in the back of your head you're thinking like, oh, this is a big event. You know, looks are, you know, in a way it's unfortunate, and then it's not depending how you look at it. But right. they're such a big thing in wrestling. Well, and particularly uh, just, for her. Right. That's supposed yeah, to be her, her whole thing is she's supposed to be this very beautiful, well put together woman. Exactly. And I, yeah, I did notice at the end of the match, she suddenly had a completely different hairstyle <laughs> that she went yeah, in with. She, she had much less hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know if the back of her mind that maybe distracted her because you know how it is in something like that. It takes one second or one distraction and you're just thrown yeah. um, as I knew as that might have been to her. Who knows? Right. But I right. try to give someone the benefit of the doubt because we have seen her too before and she she has skills. So I don't know what happened. That and night they later. clearly believed in her enough to to have her be one of the last, you know, yeah. the last team in there. They mm-hmm. they must have felt she could handle it in some way. Like, yeah, she's super hot. She fits Vince's type. But like yeah. he also could have put any other blonde in there at that moment. Well, and I do wonder now because I, I do I do complain about this on occasion. I said this during the live tweet because I came in about like the last third of the, the match. Um, I don't know why Sonia keeps taking the pins because she is very skilled in a former MMA fighter and she should be sold much stronger than yes, she is. I, yes. But if Mandy's skills are not at the same level, that could explain why she's always there for the finishers because she can execute them better. That's a very good point. Because I have been wondering as well, Sonia, she looks strong. She looks intimidating. They they hyped up her background originally. And then we never actually get to see her be strong at all. Mm-hmm. Much like Ruby Riot, who we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, but Sonia even more so because she's she is supposed to be tough. Um, so, well, yeah. I remember watching her on um, Tough Enough and they kept putting over so much. You know, she's former MMA and she has these skills and she's very quick in the ring and, and her strength. And I feel like it's just not being that part of her story isn't being told or shared whatsoever because you're right. She is the one always taking the pin and Mm -hmm. she doesn't, it's not even like you see the, the attempts of kickouts half half the time, but it's just done. Um, And I feel like that kind of belittles her character and her strength. And not only that, but a couple of times Mandy kind of did things, uh, you know, previously 
in not talking about at elimination chamber, but in previous matches, Mandy has done things that kind of hint that all's not well with their team. Mm-hmm. And yet Sonia has not had any real reaction to it or, you know, like nothing has been said of it. Almost like they decided not to do it or, mm-hmm. you know, it got cut back off or it was a mistake. I don't know. But I think personally, I think Sonia should be a face. I think that there's, I think she's kind of being wasted as of this heel, even though I know they need people to like take pins or whatever. But like she's likable enough. She is actually okay on on the mic as far as I could tell. She's, you know, playing the the good foil to all of Mandy's weird shit with Naomi. So like there's kind of like I don't understand why they just don't face turn her and put them in a feud. I like that idea a lot. Um, the Iconics, I thought, uh, looked much better than the last time I'd seen them, which has been a while ago. I hadn't seen their... I watched the um, the Raw episode before Elimination Chamber. I watched it after mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber because I wanted to catch up. Um, but they didn't do anything in that match at all. So I hadn't seen them actually get to wrestle. They looked like a unit. They looked like a team. I hate that they eliminated Naomi, but I love the way they did it. Showing that she's so strong that they had to be sneaky and they had to use two of them to get mm-hmm. the pin. Um, I wish that Naomi and Carmella had gotten to do more because they really seem to have worked on their tag thing. As much as I dislike, y'all know I dislike Carmella as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've talked about that on the show before, but that makes her a good heel. Yes. She, she was doing a good job making me dislike her. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But when they came out and they had their little dance and Naomi kept the dance simple enough that Carmella could do it properly. (laughs) And then they did their tag moments together. Like it looked clean. It looked crisp. And I I wanted to see more of that. Mm -hmm. It was really nice and cohesive. And I enjoyed that so much because even though they don't seem like a great pairing for a take team, when you look at them separately um, and even their personalities, they really had that chemistry in the ring. And when it comes to Iconics, just since you brought them up and I feel like they were such a great part of that match they had their moves down i feel like they're the only tag team in that match that were actually a tag team they weren't just kind of thrown together for this three weeks ago you know? yeah yeah exactly and they had great moves down um th- their personality th- their facial expressions i think that they are hilarious and they know exactly what they're doing as far as overdoing their their accents, their personas. They know how to get under your skin, but they're still so likable uh, because you know they're good at their jobs. So I think they were kind of the standouts for me in that match, actually. When they did their moves and then hit their pose, my boyfriend was like, this is my favorite part of the match so far. Um, yeah, I thought that was great. Or them being scared when they were in the pods. Right. With, um, that was like a when, scary you know, movie. Yeah, that was a great. I think they said that on commentary. <laughs> I, and I felt that um, way right before they said it too. I was like, this is, I feel concerned for them. Jason is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like overall, like I think that because I didn't get to see everything ahead of time for the last part where you got like the last like eliminations and things like that. The storytelling of how they got rid of people and what they did was actually quite good. You know, mm-hmm. coin toss on the execution for some of it, but like the storytelling of, okay, so Naya, by the way, props to her for just bulldozing through that panel, man. Cause that could not like, oh my did you see what she tweeted? Wow. I'm fast. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's great. So yeah, like so, her getting knocked out by like the you know that that bull run of her own, and then everybody being like "fuck you, Tamina," like that was good storytelling, <laughs> like, and that's what you needed I, to do at that point. And I enjoyed that too because it doesn't take away her strength or her, the fact that 
you know, she had that massive spot during um, the previous pay-per-view coming in and kind of wreaking havoc on all the men. It doesn't take away from her strength and what they've been building for months and months on end. Mm -hmm. She was taken out by herself. Yeah. And that doesn't, doesn't take away from anything and that's what you thought that was really right and i feel that's what you generally want to do when you have a monster um heal they should you should get them to hurt themselves Mm -hmm. that that's part of like the big deal and keeping them strong so yeah totally loved how they did that um for anyone who didn't see it um sasha and bailey became okay so they said on commentary the first wwe uh women's tag titles okay listen for anyone who does not know these are not the first tag team titles in the company that is the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, that what The reason they are able to get away with saying that, I think, is because the name was different back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, they originally had one through the NWA, and then they had that turned into the WWF Ladies World Tag Team Championships. So I think that's why they get away with saying these are the first WWE Women's Tag Champions. Hmm. I mean, I'll let them have it. Whatever. I just, I'm listen. I'm I'm totally happy for Bailey and Sasha, but erasing the work of you know the jumping bomb angels and the, and the women who went before and the golden girls, like it does bother me. Yeah. I mean, it, okay. Correction. I'll I'll let them get away with calling it the first WWE women's. Te- if you can be like, we had these other ladies. Te- you know, like if you if you could if they could actually acknowledge them, which they never do. They rarely do. Or they do with such revisionist history that it's right. uh, mind-boggling. Right. Because I honestly, I remember the first time I went back and watched a Jumpy Bomb Angels match. They're so good. They were so good. And you sit there kind of in shock because you're like, okay, women were wrestling like that in the, I think that was the 80s. Yeah, like 84. Like women were wrestling at that level in the 80s. What the heck happened in the 90s that led to what, you know, we watched when we were growing up? Sexism. Um, such a good question. Right. Like, and you know, there, there are a lot of theories and we, we talked about them before, but some of them include that, you know, one person kind of got the ear of Vince and, and redirected the way that they, they were before. But, um, as always guys do some research if you have time, um, and learn more about the women who came before in the original tag team championships and, and watch the matches. Cause they were, those women were very impressive, but mm-hmm. shout out to Sasha and Bailey because this clearly was their dream that they fought for. Yeah. who knows yeah years 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 um so moving on we're gonna go slightly quicker through some of the other ones because why did some of them happen (laughs) so i was sitting there i ate some musk soup and i was all warm in my sister's bed because i went and slept at their house because it was quieter uh a shout out to the guy underneath me at my apartment who plays video games from 10 to 12 30 a.m by shout out she means i kill you i it's coming close dude um uh i'm a, I'm attack a best buy uh gaming headset ad on his door anyway uh i digress so i'm sitting there and i'm like man this is this uh, this is gonna be a pretty good we're moving real fast and then i was like oh i'm missing shane and the usos i'm like i love the usos i'm gonna fall asleep um yeah and i well i can't remember a lot of the patch because it was it, i think it was the greatest hits in some ways yeah. um and I don't really ever care about Shane as much as everyone else does. And I feel like I should. Um, But I'm always just like, you're going to hurt yourself. Dad. (laughs) Shane, think about your kids. Stop it. Um, The Usos. Can you imagine getting arrested and then winning the tag team titles the next night? Amazing. (laughs) With your opponent dedicated the match to his unborn unborn child. child. (laughs) Yep. 
Oh my gosh. Um, I kind of loved that angle that he was like, this is for my baby and this you is failed. for Shane. You and failed your baby failed, and you failed Shane. You failed your baby. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia, any thoughts on this match before we move on? I completely get where you're coming from, Sarah, where you say like you wish you were more on board because for the longest time, remember story wise, um, storyline wise, I was thinking to myself, man, he's going to put himself in every freaking match. Like, come on. Um, but I do think that the chemistry he has with, with the Miz is good. And I think it's humorous. And sometimes they go for humor and it doesn't hit quite as well as they plan. Mm-hmm. And I think it hits really nicely with those two and their dynamic. So I, I do think more, it was less the wrestling in that match and more so just the the humor and the way everyone carried themselves that intrigued me. And I, I do agree with you. I think they have great chemistry. And The Miz is great. Yeah, he's the, he's yeah. always great at that. And, yeah, and Shane's playing as well. So I'm happy for The Miz because getting paired up with one of the you know owners of the company is a great thing. It means people mm-hmm. have a lot of trust in you and whatnot. And, yep, he, d- he did his, his dive, uh, <sighs> diving elbow all the way across Dash. to the table. Uh, all I could think was... <laughs> Uh, do you think the Miz is there going, okay, brace? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. you never know, that elbow could slide right to your mouth. So the Intercontinental Champion, um, Bobby Lashley, and his friend Leo uh, <laughs> wrestled Finn Balor. And uh, the promo for that match already bothered me before it even happened. Because the promo was, oh, hey, aren't you afraid Leo's going to cost you the match? And then... Leo and Bobby having no real response. Yeah. Like Leo's supposed to be real good at talking, but nothing he said was like interesting, intriguing, hard hitting an answer. Right. Just like, nah, nah, it's two of us. What a, you know, just like I feel like he could have gone so much more over the top with that. It was just a little nonchalant. Like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, there's two of us, one of you. Let's let's wrestle. Right. <laughs> That's kind of all it was. Yeah, I don't know, like a lot of this felt like weird writing to me. Yes. I mean, all this stuff, I mean, it's all weird writing, right? So, I mean, I will say if you were following uh, our our Twitter, if you follow us on Twitter, Woman Wrestling F. You go say that with some pride. Women Wrestling F. If you, if you follow us on Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter and you saw me tweeting, then you will see that I was I basically correctly predicted this entire pay-per-view, including run-ins, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird. It was the psychic Theraflu. Uh, uh, yep, the Theraflu. You, be, you became the my, guy from Dude. Yeah. Ma, 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 Madib. Madib. Ma, there ma, we deep. go. Madib. <laughs> I walk without rhythm and I won't attract the you worm. You became yes. the Madib. You imbibed <laughs> the life water. Yes. I'm 40% Theraflu and I my uh, my psychic powers. It's like Mob Psycho 100. I'm Good. about like 60. Good. Anyway, um, so yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So Finn's going to win this. He's going to lose it to Leo. Like Leo's going to lose it right. for them and they're going to break them up. Mm-hmm. But then that didn't happen and they're together still yeah that that came off real abusive with with leo's tweet where he's like take me back i'm sorry and i'm like oh oh no 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 um but i had also i get it on the other hand vince looks at a big guy like bobby lashley he's like he can't lose to finn he's yeah he's a big strong guy so i'm shocked they even put the title on lashley i mean like lashley deserves a title for all that work he's been put in and all that that personality that they always suck out of him and never give him anything good to do but you know like he seems to do fine when he's not on WWE. Like people seem to like him fine when he's not there. So I don't know what's going on, but you know, you can only have two and a half type personality types. If you're a big guy, uh, two and, and a half, two and a half. 
Tim. <laughs> Yeah, just two and a half types of personalities, and the half is a good version of one of the other ones. But hey, the bo- the good part of this is Finn it has a championship belt yeah, around his waist. He's got a nice belt around them abs. Mm. Did you notice in his picture he managed to show both his abs and his bulge? Yeah, that's yeah. skill. It's good. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen. Anyway, speaking of sexy clothing, yeah, Charlotte's freaking overalls <laughs> made me upset. Oh, <laughs> it was we talked about people's gear on their last episode, uh, friends. If you have not watched that, it's, it's a great episode. Go back episode. and listen to the one before this. Um, we talked about that sort of H and M Forever Twenty One vibe Fashion that she Nova. sometimes has. And this definitely was one of those Fashion Nova outfits. And usually, especially when she wears dark clothing or whatever, I'm like all about her like bad girl vibe. Mm-hmm. The weird cutouts and see-through mesh. Right. I'm like, I'm, all, I'm into all of that. Right. Our last guest, Lindsay, was like, ugh. And Tamara and I were both like, I kind of like it. Yeah. But this, this was, was not, not. This was not, <laughs> it. not it. She needed a shirt under there See, or something. Oh, Alicia, no. <laughs> I liked it. I thought she looked so good. Because I think the thing is, Usually someone would wear like a long sleeve shirt under there. They'd make it kind of 70s and like a striped blocked out shirt. And I'm like, I think she rocked it. Like the pants looked great on her. I like the details of them. Like it reminded me of something I would wear if they like flared kind of like mm. a 70s vibe. I didn't mind the pants, but her titties just popping out of some overalls well, just, to was, me was too country. And as a woman <laughs> with large boobs. I will tell you that whenever I look at a top like that, I am looking for boob definition. Mm-hmm, I am not mm-hmm. necessarily like not necessarily like a bustier type situation, but it also shouldn't look tubular if mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so there was not enough of that. There, it wasn't enough def- definition, I think, there. And mm-hmm. so kind of like did this weird like triangly tenty kind of thing. It did a little. Now that you mentioned it, maybe that I that's just, what it bothered me. Uh, about. That's possibly what bothered me, but I think it's more just the idea of wearing overalls with nothing underneath. Just is very country cousin for me, and I wasn't a fan. Sorry, girl. Well, I like country cousin when it comes to fashion. I guess. All right, y'all see Alicia in that overalls. Don't tell her. Don't remind her of this conversation uh-huh. when I like her picture and tell her she looks cute. Listen, I used to own the the shirt that Jeff Hardy wore, so we all have our spots. Oh, we talked about Jeff Hardy a lot. Just like, do you think kids watch nowadays? And they're like, where does he get clothes like that? Or mommy, what's his? What is he? Well, yeah, what, what is, is he? Is he a mobster? Topic. <laughs> they do not have that in hot topic. They might. It might have rolled back around though, because the nineties. I've been in the hot topic, and they don't no, have it. If it doesn't have my hero no. academia on it, they don't got. They it. don't. They don't have those pants. They don't have those tops. They don't have those arm sleeves. And I just wonder, like, does he look maybe like a gangster to a little kid because he's got pinstripes? Like, I, I just wonder what a child looks at him and sees <laughs> as far as his clothing goes, because we look at him and we know okay this is what he used to wear yeah, back is, when this was a, a yeah. very specific fashion but i do Are you sure they'll sell that stuff a hot topic no i've seen those arm sleeves no well, okay the arm, sleeves, the arm sleeves are always maybe. somewhere you can but always white find ones i ain't never I seen know. the white no, ones some stripy no, it's like guys the black the black mesh ones or the ones with like the cutouts i've seen those for shit. sometimes they'll have like uh nightmare before christmas on it I've seen lacy ones. Yeah, I haven't seen the type like he wears the like plasticky looking ones. He's got a nylon. I don't know. He he has a dude. I know he's getting those custom made. There's no way. I don't know where you can buy some Jenkos nowadays. Yeah, he's he's got a mesh dude. The dude who supplies us his mesh. We got to go see my mesh guy. Your your meth guy? No, 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 no. mesh. Mesh. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, so. I have so many thoughts about this Ruby versus Ronda Rousey match, but the very first thing I want to say is 
Normally, I would find it hilarious that they had her dress up as Sonya Blade to tie in her MK11 character, but since her makeup looked totally fine and normal, I will allow it. This has been my favorite Ronda outfit. Good. Good job, Ronda. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> one in a row. One, in, one for one. Um, <laughs> so before this match, they were kind of like, oh, Ruby, who is supposed to be healed to my knowledge, That's was yeah. like, you guys yeah. don't take me seriously. Mm-hmm. She said, you guys don't take me seriously. You don't think I'm a threat, blah, 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 blah. First of all, that was concerning to me because that's not a heel storyline. Yeah. As a general, or at least that kind of heel. Uh, maybe a sneaky sigh, like you think I'm not a friend, a threat, but I'm coming from the shadows. Like that kind of heel, sure. So when I watch what is essentially a squash match Man. of a woman who was bomb on the indies and they brought up and then had her still seem like she's pretty cool. She's this punk chick she gets to dress different than all the other girls she looks different than all the other girls they still give her a weave though yeah they were like your hair has to be long though we don't yeah. like this you can shave the sides but <laughs> you gotta you gotta Grow be this a, shit out you need some length girl right yeah. but they they seem they downplayed her and then they made her promo about that fact yeah. and then they did job her out and so i am just confused was there literally the no one else who who fit that role that they needed yeah, I'm kind of just left thinking like, okay, like Ruby Riot, that's it. Like my brain doesn't think of anything else. And of course, I, I'm not putting aside her stuff on the indies. Like she's an amazing wrestler. But I just mean after that match to the naked eye, I would just think like, okay, like what's she got to bring after that? Like she didn't show anything. She kind of ran outside of the ring twice. And then when she was in the ring, she had like five seconds, you know? Yeah. It was very strange to me. It just put her down so hard. You might as well put Dana Brooke in there. Yeah. Honestly, like any, like it didn't, it didn't do anything for her. It only hurt her. It only solidified what she said was true—that she doesn't matter and she's not a contender. And like, I mean, I get it. Maybe that they didn't want to give that much more time to it because everything else was running long or whatever. Because like the final uh, like elimination chamber match was like an hour and a half or something. Like it was like a super long match. I don't know how long it was, but at the same time, like I would have preferred that Ruby get disqualified because Liv was hiding under the 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 ring to to like mess with them then right. for her to just get jobbed out like that right like I, I, there were there were several other options it could have been she gets qual- disqualified it could have been uh becky came in sooner mm-hmm. it could you know there were there were several other ways they could have done that but they chose to just show ruby not a threat not yeah. even close to a threat at all yeah. and they tried to make up for it with the following raw but it's too little too late like it's just like you know like you should have done that on the first thing. Uh, my other, but I did enjoy the beat down with the crutches that happened when oh, Becky it's, came in it's because Rhonda made my favorite face she's ever made. <laughs> um, and what also made me laugh is so for anyone who doesn't know, normally the secure, I, most people know most people are smarts. Normally the security or med people you see uh, at different shows, they're often uh, local wrestlers and only two security guards came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, does Houston not have enough indie wrestlers? Because it seems ridiculous <laughs> that two people were going to break up this crazy, yeah. like she should have hit them too. Yeah, she, they, take this yeah. take this crutch. You go take this crutch to the head. Uh, I tweeted the it's a trap gif because <laughs> as soon as she handed uh, uh, Rhonda that, or you know, that other crutch, I was like, oh, you're going to suck it in as soon as your back <laughs> is turned. This and then it happened. So he never give in to the dark side. No. Um, I was also wondering, I'm like, is this the heel turn? 
No, not yet. When is Rhonda's heel turn going to happen? Are they going to heel turn her? I don't think they'll heel turn her for a long I don't think time. So either. Do you think the I crowd think will hate her before? She'll be a Roman Reigns before they'd heel turn her. Yeah. I do. I do think that um, because they need yes. even if the, with the four horsewomen, mm. I really don't know what they're really going to do there because Rod, like they've always said that that faces make the money and faces, mm. you know, are the ones who they have to build the company around. Mm-hmm. And when you have somebody like Rhonda, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway, um, the, before we found out that Corey Graves was in fact already trying to get a divorce yeah. um, and that that stuff wasn't as bad as it seemed, I wrote down, Oh, you go talk about classless Corey Graves. But I rescind that now. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't still, at all. <laughs> Tamara has never liked Corey Graves nope. for Fuck anyone who's, face. who hasn't been watching the show. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> never, ever, ever. Um, so she must have just been fired up when you saw all that stuff going on. Yes. I was like, I was like, I never liked him. She was like, I knew it. I knew I, knew I never it. liked him. I never liked him. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a ventriloquist dummy got brought to life. <laughs> oh, um, and then the other thing that bothered me about this match is they didn't even let the women fully clear the ring before they started playing Corbin's music. Oh, God. They were like, we got to go. No, yeah, no time for this. No to time for in. this. Uh, you guys can't wrestle longer because we have to beat each other up with crutches. Let's really? Go. They should have just um, maybe not had this match. Right. So you the know, next match was Corbin versus Broad in and, a no DQ match. And this was the time where I really thought I was going to fall asleep. I'm like, man, if I'm going to fall asleep in this pay-per-view, it's going to be right now. I can't even, I don't even remember what happened. Um, I can tell you one thing I remember very clearly because it was hilarious to me. Renee um, saw something happen and reacted to it naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see somebody get hit with something. You're like, oh, um, but it was for the wrong person. Mm. And Corey or whoever was on, I don't even remember who it was on there with her was like, oh yeah, Renee, like you, you oh, suddenly you care about this. And so it was very clear that she had messed up mm-hmm. and did that for the wrong person. She felt empathy for the wrong person. So then to like get back at them immediately afterwards, she starts acting like she's like so into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hit him. Hit him again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was so adorable. It was like my favorite thing she's ever done. I'm like, oh yeah, I love mayhem. Yeah, I'm ready. And everybody's just like Ren- Renee. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I still very much like Renee. I think she does a good job, a mostly thankless uh, exposition machine. And I really wish they would give her someone else besides Corey to to be on the thing with. I just they don't work together and I don't. I want Byron and Corey to be back together for life. Well, they are. I mean, like, just keep him on SmackDown and bring somebody else on Raw. Like, I don't understand why he's on both. Yeah, That's interesting, because usually if your co-host flubs or, you know, mistakes happen, your other co-hosts are there to pick you up and not point them out. You just brush them under the table Mm -hmm. and you keep going. It almost because I know what you're talking about, yeah. uh, Sarah. It almost felt like a dig, like, oh, shit, she screwed up. I'm going to point this out to everyone, yeah. you know? Yeah, Whereas fuck you, Corey. You would, just try to, you would just try to quickly change the conversation or, you know, you'd, you'd say the correct thing and then keep going. Right, or ignore it. it. Yeah, they could have yeah. ignored it completely. It was just a noise, yeah. you know? It could have meant anything. Yeah. Like, Michael is good with that stuff. Michael Cole picks all that stuff up. Like, he's oh, really yeah. good with he making kinda, that noise. Yeah, no, he definitely picks up all the pieces. <laughs> Anything that falls apart, he always puts it back together. So here's my confusion. As, as everyone who listens knows, I don't watch WWE regularly anymore. The product isn't very entertaining to me. I more watch clips and then the pay-per-views, especially because I have so much indie wrestling to watch. Mm. Um, it just doesn't... It, they haven't done anything super compelling besides the Becky storyline for me lately. Um, 
I'm a little confused because the last time I saw Lashley and Drew helping Corbin, it was because he had some power and was mm-hmm. promising them something. Yeah. And then the McMahons came out and were like, get out of here, Applebee's. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't have that power anymore. So are they, do they still do whatever he says? Like, what was this a surprise? Was this like, yeah, a- I, I don't know. There was no storyline to it at all. Honestly. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I missed some stuff cause I have fast forwarded through past a bunch of raws or whatever, but like they basically all are kind of on the F you brawn, uh, scene and drew McIntyre just likes messing everybody up. That's in his way. So, so I think it was just bear it more- out of there. Just have drew. I mean, that would make sense, though. They, I don't know why they keep doing these weird matches and not putting Braun with that. Like, I don't know why Braun and Baron is still going. Yeah. Like, other than the fact... Me. It has been a long time. Yeah, and other than the fact that we, you know, we can't have um, uh, 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 Brock Lesnar on ever. Like, be, so someone has to be in there to, to do these squabbles in the meantime. But, like, and... I, I, I feel just, like Drew is big enough if they want Broad to be face. I think Drew is tall enough that they could have a feud. So I don't get why they have this weird circular thing instead. It, I actually got bored in this match mm-hmm. because watching a monster get beat up for this long was just not that interesting to me. And it's a no DQ match. Yeah. Why was I bored? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was funny when he grabbed the, the uh, kendo stick out of his hand. I mean, they had like some decent spots in it, but I just like... I don't care about any of it. Like, uh, I, I, was just at, don't. I was at the Impact um, tapings this past week and a child behind me, somebody came out with a kendo stick and a child behind me was like, what's so scary about a kendo stick? And the child didn't <laughs> know that he was surrounded by wrestlers because uh. they had moved us there uh, for reasons. Mm-hmm. And we like all turned around and looked at this kid like, I can show you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but everybody was very polite about it except me because I was like, we got one in the car. You want to find out, little boy? Uh, but I just thought that was hilarious because <laughs> yeah. it's true. I guess if you're a little kid, you're like, it's a stick. It's smaller than a chair. It's smaller than a table. Why are you afraid of that? Because that shit hurts. Yeah. Ask anybody who's ever got hit with a switch. Right. These kids, they get hit with switches. They, they, don't they, they don't know they that don't, a kendo stick would hurt. They don't fear for that. <laughs> Alicia, did you have any thoughts on the no DQ match? I agree with you both. Um, what was interesting is I saw WWE a few days before Elim- Elimination Chamber happened. I think it was four days before they came through um, where I live. And I kind of saw that no DQ match firsthand, oh. <laughs> um, which was interesting. You, you know how it works before, kind of just gearing up for a big event. And um it was actually really exciting in person and I was front row at the show and you really felt the energy and you could hear every single, you know, um, pound and it was just, it was entertaining. And then I don't think it translated quite as well mm-hmm. just watching from my couch at home, especially cause I'd previously seen it. So yeah. it was a little, it was a little long in the tooth and, and boring and you're right. They did have some cool spots and some of them I had seen, but, um, <laughs> It was it was like an okay match. I think it's been going on for so long this feud that for a no DQ match, it's kind of like we've seen it. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. they should have tightened up. Like I always get bored at squash matches because I'm like, okay, like how long am I gonna have to see, you know, Finn get the crap beat out? Of, you know what I mean? Like I just like it just goes too long. Like I feel like especially because we've seen that a lot. So like just like shave like maybe thirty seconds off of it or something, and then maybe we can get there soon it was interesting the shield reference at the end too yeah i don't i'm i'm not sure how i feel about that yeah a lot of people weren't it seemed like some people were like 
oh, you know, paying homage. And then some people were like, uh, this dude's got cancer and yeah, you already tried to replace him. Kind of disrespectful. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe not. I don't know. I don't we know. don't, we can't know, but it was interesting nonetheless. Uh, Lacey Evans, Grandpa Simpsoning. I don't know what they're doing with her, but I'd also like to remind everyone listening that she dressed her daughter up in blackface for yes, Halloween one Yes, she did. So we're not Lacey Evans fans on here uh, because she already had a lot of coding that she might be that type of person. And then you see the picture and you're like, oh, she is that type of person. But anyway. And it's a werewolf character. So there's literally no there's reason, no reason for, for her no reason to paint her child that color. Nope. No, it wasn't even accurate. It wasn't even the right brown. But nope. anyway, Lacey Evans is looking like she's the new Emelina. Yes. Comes in, leaves, comes yes. in, leaves. Um politics aside and just her personality aside just when you look at the actual character whatever they're trying to develop i was left confused and not really intrigued Mm -hmm. i'm like okay she came in and she left what is the purpose she didn't even come in and say like you don't have me in this mat like you know what i mean there was nothing there was nothing to it to lead to anything and then i know they they did the same thing this week after the pay-per-view and i'm just thinking i'm just thinking to myself okay, you're just letting her strut in and where's this going? I feel like I need some kind of lead in because if they do this two more times, I'm just going to be over it. Because if you all remember, they did this with Emelina with video packages. Emelina is coming next week. Mm -hmm. They kept, you know, that that kept happening. And then they did it as well for a little bit with Eva Marie. Mm -hmm. Eva Marie can't make it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I almost feel like they're trying to recapture whatever that spark was with Mm -hmm. Eva Marie. Um, And... I just I also wonder if this is different because Lacey is very attractive to a large portion of the WWE audience, right? Right. She's made to kind of be that. She's a throwback woman. She's like, make your man sandwich, make mm-hmm. him dinner. Um, she dresses what she calls high class, but girl, I know that came from Berlin Tip or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, might need to try and get um, you know, EST to make you some clothes. Mm-hmm. But um, I wonder if it's different if you're watching it and you are the target audience for her character in particular, if it is like, oh, she's so hot. This is a great tease, you know, kind of like what they did with Scarlett Bordeaux and Impact, except she still had more to do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't need it. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I got. You're like, I just don't. You're like, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't care. All this Theraflu and all this coughing is making me surly. I, I think she'll be it. back at least three to four more times. Oh, no, this is going to go on for another month. She's not wrestling. Till Maybe after, she's maybe. trying to find Lars. Okay, anyway, yeah, well, Elimination Chamber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the crowd chanting <sighs> Kofi, my whole heart. I had tears in my eyes yeah. when I heard that. Yeah. I um, Man, if they don't give Kofi a he shot at me. Yeah, he really did. And it's interesting that that's basically probably the same arc they would have given to Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Um, so maybe like that sucks that Mustafa got hurt, but I'm glad that Kofi could get this spotlight because people forget now they just make him a trick machine for like the rumble and they don't, they forget how good a wrestler he is. So I have two little thoughts in my head and I, you know, these are just ideas for me watching. Um, it probably hurts Kofi to see in a way to see 205 live because yeah. Kofi would absolutely if you know if he were coming in now be a 205 live kind of guy that's how they would use him mm-hmm. and to see like someone newer getting the opportunity that really fits his style mm-hmm. but it, on top of that Kofi is getting old and yeah. I've been watching him and he's not looking as crisp to me as he used to still awesome but mm-hmm. I noticed little little things that like wrestlers would notice mm-hmm. right where things aren't quite the way they should be. And so I have a small wonder if this is going to be similar to like Miss Jackie or other things that have happened back in the day where 
they may give him something out of respect because he is potentially retiring soon. Hmm. That's something I hadn't thought of, but that could make sense. It's weird because there are guys in WWE who've held championships recently uh, or j- literally just dropped them in their in their in their forties, right, and still going strong. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to see him retire. Like he's one of those guys I've always enjoyed. Anytime he comes into a match, like he just has charisma. Whether it is the New Day stuff, which was when I really started to like super get into what he did, but mm-hmm. he's even um when he had the accent, like he's yeah. just even when he was Jamaican, it was quote unquote <laughs> Jamaican. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when it was that whole gimmick, it, it was it was funny, but um. I believed it and I thought it was great. And he, he always just has that charisma that carries him through. And obviously the athleticism on top of that, but right. that's, I, I haven't thought of that, Sarah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but like just from watching him the past few pay-per-views, I've been wondering about it. So it would be interesting. I hope they give him the belt either way at some point because he deserves it. He deserves it. Uh, and he really showed why these these past two shows yeah, the gauntlet match and then this he and daniel work really great together i mean this is this is a testament to kofi's professional you know like his his like skill and how like like how pro he is some of that shit that daniel was doing to them any other wrestler would have been like no thank you yeah you know yes. they would have noped out and like you know I said that watching it. I was yeah. like, that was just him smacking him. Yeah. <laughs> like he face. was hanging on that top rope, <laughs> waiting for that knee to his back. And he just took it. Like he just looked at it and was waiting for it. He's a professional. He is a professional. And so just like, no, not Randy Orton doesn't wait for stuff like that. He's been around as long as Kofi. He doesn't take anything. I was really surprised that he uh, let Kofi have that pin, in fact. Well, I forget because somebody was talking about, oh, nobody can tell me any great Kofi matches. It was not true. It's just like everything that Kofi does is great. But people forget that one of his biggest things was that match with Orton when they went into the crowd and was beating the holy hell out of each other and doing all these crazy things with chairs and off of like announcement tables and all this other kind of stuff. So I think, again, we found one of those other dudes that Orton will actually sell to. Interesting. There's a very small list of them. Uh, I really enjoyed that beginning of the match. So for anyone who, help, I'm sick. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't remember exactly how many people were in that chamber, <laughs> yes. Kofi, Randy, Jeff, Joe, AJ, and Daniel. When you say their names like that, it's kind of funny. It's like a boy band. Oh, there was Randy, and then there was Jeff, and there was mm-hmm. Joe. Um, <laughs> when Daniel Bryan first got in there with Samoa Joe and basically said, shant, I shant, <laughs> I shant, I shant. I do not want it. You can't make me. No. Um, it was very strange to me that there were two rope breaks in this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. the announcement... <clears throat> Dying. Sorry, I'm dying over here. It's fine. The announcers did not call it a rope break no. either time, yeah. suggesting, and I don't think I saw the referee signal a rope break either, suggesting that this was actually a mistake and that they played the match and nobody pointed out that they didn't, rope breaks probably wouldn't be a thing. I, I don't know for sure, but. I don't know the elimination chamber rules, to be honest. So I, I just, don't know if that's a thing that. But I, yeah, I, I don't remember, but it was weird to me that there would be all this other stuff allowed, but you could have a rope break. Right. And then it was interesting to me that nobody on commentary said he has to break the hold. Or, you know, the things they normally say right, when there's right, a rope right. break. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I feel really bad for Daniel's chest because uh, Samoa Joe was trying to oh. leave his handprint on his soul. Uh, even even like halfway through the match, you could see that just big stripe lighten up on his on yes. Daniel's. It's just it was real gnarly. And like my favorite thing was like 
Daniel would chop Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe's is like, ha, 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 sucker. Let me show you how to do this. And then it's just a thunderclap. And, uh, <laughs> and, then, and then a spark of paint. Like, I felt that. You know, like, I felt that through the television. There were a lot of vicious chops and kicks. I mean, even when Brian was giving Kofi the kicks across the chest. Oh, and Kofi yeah. was like, give me what you got. Give me what you got. Like, I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. It really just even more personality out of Kingston. And I also, um, the spot that they had on top of the pod where mm-hmm. I didn't know if they were going to literally do like a suplex all the way from up there or what. Yeah. But Those are the <laughs> moments, right? As a wrestling fan, you want to not know what's going to happen yeah. next. Totally. And I thought it was such a great moment. But then when Brian kind of started crawling down, I was like, no, stay up. I want this to be like a high spot for both of you. Yeah, except I do. This is the I. This has been the match that I'm most worried about Daniel's neck. So even though I'm like, that would be great. And I know Daniel will probably exactly. want to do it. But I'm like, don't do it. Please don't do it. I kind of want to see. Don't do it. I just heard Kofi and his Kofi boys say, get back here, Daniel. Get your ass back here. Yeah, get back as here. As he chased him yeah, as good. a Koopa. I always think of Koopas when they climb the cage oh, yeah. from Mario. Do, 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 do. Um, <laughs> when Kofi lost, yeah. the arena was full of people standing stock still. Did you notice that? Yes. People were not clapping or booing. Yeah. It was just dead air. It was like you could see so many people just looked, you know, whether shocked or like they were still absorbing it. Like that was very unusual. I mean, normally even when somebody loses, the crowd will express their displeasure, you know, booing it. Mm-hmm. or so. There was just kind of shock and nothingness. Mm-hmm. It was disbelief. Yeah. I really think so many people thought he was going to take it home. And you, you guys must have seen the photographs where people were literally photoshopping <laughs> yeah. the, um, the new championship on him. And it was everywhere. I really think people thought this was his night. Yep. I definitely. I A lot of people agree. did. Yeah. But, you know, like it was the thing where I was tweeting about it. I was like, OK, well, since I'm psychic, I'm just going to say Kofi wins this just because I want him to. And then Corey's like, yeah, Kofi's my pick. And I'm like, oh, no, Corey picked him. He's going to lose. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, my deep powers came to an end. Um, when the new day came out to get him, that was another beautiful moment. Friendship. How often do we get to see that on TV? Yeah. Beautiful friendship between three men, mm-hmm. especially three black men. That was my Black History Month moment. I know, because they can, won't give you any other ones. Yeah, it's true. WWE you should probably do better about Maybe that. Maybe send some white wrestlers to the <laughs> Black History Museums this time. Ooh, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the elimination <laughs> order was AJ eliminated Samojo, uh, Daniel eliminated Jeff. I wrote it this way on purpose. I'm yeah. reading it now. Orton eliminated AJ. Kofi eliminated Orton. And then Captain Planet eliminated Kofi. That's exactly what I wrote down. Yes. I, shout out to the guy with the Captain Planet sign. I was audience. really happy to see that. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. And thank you, Alicia, for joining us as well. Um, so happy to have you and your thoughts and um, we'll give you a chance to put your site over again so you can tell everybody where to find you. Um, we will be back in two weeks. We're talking AEW with a very special guest because everybody wants to talk about the elite. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully the young bucks don't crash our podcast. I've heard Mm -hmm. if you say their name out loud that they, uh, it's like candy man. Yes. (laughs) Also, we started posting articles on Nerdy But Flirty, an all-female geek and gaming website that I founded back in the day and then left and now I'm back. Hello, everyone. Um, so be sure to give them a follow and check out some of our articles as they appear. And shout out to lgabes.com, our parrot site. Uh, you can find us at Twitter, at Women Wrestling F. If you like what you heard, promote us. Give us those five stars. And uh, Alicia, tell everybody all your stuff. Tell them where to find you. Put everything over. First of all, I want to say thank you so much to YouTube for having me on today. It was so 
such a pleasure finally being on your podcast. So thank you. And if everyone is new to me right now, or if you happen to be listening because you saw I was going to be on, however you came across this, just thank you so much for listening. You guys can find me online. All my links are at aliciaatute.com. My Twitter and Instagram is at aliciaatute. And uh, I just love interacting with fans. I love seeing you guys at shows. There's a lot of cool stuff coming up. So just stay tuned and keep watching. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you. We love you. And we love all our listeners. You can catch me on your tweets and your Instagrams at Misfits Tamara. You can catch Sarah at Sarah the Rebel. Sarah with H as God intended. We love you all. We're all going to like just chug as much cold medicine as possible and we will not be sick on the next podcast we love you okay bye